Welcome to the Stories of Change podcast. I'm Tom, a social worker, a frontline fellow, and your podcast host. In the podcast, you'll hear from a series of social work and sector experts who are creating positive change for children and families. On this festive episode, I spoke with Alexa Robinson, who is part of a team setting up the Christmas Dinner Initiative in Middlesbrough and Teesside. Founded by the poet Lem Cisse, the initiative wants to ensure care-experienced young people can have a positive Christmas. Alexa highlighted the difficulties of Christmas for care-experienced people, and we reflected on the privileges many of us have around this time of year. Alexa's passion for this initiative and relational practice was clear. She hopes it can provide care-experienced young people with a personal, memorable, and special Christmas day. So welcome to the sixth episode of Stories of Change for this series. And I'm pleased to say we have a bit of a Christmas special to get everyone in the festive mood. I hope everyone's having a a merry Christmas or as merry as possible given the current circumstances. But today I am joined by Alexa Robinson to talk about the Christmas Dinner Initiative. Alexa Robinson is a family group conference facilitator at Darlington Borough Council, and she's currently working alongside others to launch the Christmas Dinner Initiative in Middlesbrough and Teesside this year. Having worked with looked after children in local authority residential children's homes, Alexa is aware of how complex the experience of Christmas can be for care experienced young people. She is incredibly passionate about supporting families and children through relational practice and feels that no one should be forced to spend Christmas alone or with people who they don't feel safe or comfortable around. So I'm really excited to have a bit more of a a merry conversation and also think seriously about Christmas and what it raises for, for young people. So pleased to say Alexa is here with a very festive Christmas tree in the background. How are you, Alexa? I'm good, thank you. Brilliant. And are you feeling are you feeling particularly festive this year? I know it's pretty difficult circumstances out there. How are you? Coping? I am. My youngest child's seven, so it's hard to not be festive when you have a seven year old asking you how many sleeps every single day. <laughs> oh, bless. Bless them. So first of all, before we get into the Christmas dinner initiative, you're a family group conference facilitator. Now, some people listening might not know what that is. Can you tell us a little bit briefly what, what that is? What, what is a family group conference? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea behind a family group conference came from New Zealand in the 1980s. There was a big issue that they had, the government had over there with um, children of Maori heritage becoming looked after. And what they did was they actually spoke to Maori people and asked them, you know, what, what are we doing wrong here? Why aren't we, why isn't it working? And what the Maori people suggested is that they would, if they had a problem, they would sort that out as a family. They would be honest, put the cards on the table. They would discuss what was going on. And before they went to professionals or services or anything like that, they would see who could help and who there was. And, you know, it's not just parents around most children, young people. Quite often we've got aunties, uncles, grandparents, neighbours, friends, whoever it is. We've got a lot of significant people who care about these children. And Mm. the idea behind it, it's a restorative idea whereby if a family creates their own plan, to see a way to move forward from whatever the issue is, you know, we can get a whole host of referrals for, you know, for a number of different issues, be it domestic violence and substance misuse, whatever, whether it's a way to keep a child safe. We sometimes find that family oversight and that family protection and the the plan that they've made themselves, if if it comes from the family, it's quite often more likely to work. It's Mm. their idea and they feel they take ownership of that and they feel involved. So we've kind of taken that idea that came from the Maori culture and it's practiced all over the world now. And what we do is we go to, to that young person, that child, we get their views, we see who's important to them. We go to whoever the main carer is, we ask them who's important to them. 
And it doesn't always have to be a family member, even though it's called a family group conference, but we bring those people together and we get consent from the parent to speak about what the issue is. And we're honest mm. and open and we, we kind of get a few key points from the social worker or whoever the referee is of what they want the family to address. But at the end of the day, it's the family's plan. We ask if their plan can meet the bottom line. The bottom line will be basically whatever the issue is and what's going wrong. And we get some really, really positive outcomes from that. And I think it's that giving people that sense of ownership and that sense of involvement in their yeah. own lives. You know, nobody knows and cares about a child like their own family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really harnessing that sort of expertise, isn't it, that we all have about our own families, you know, allowing families to do that themselves, empower yeah. them, and bringing communities together, which is really important. I know for, from my own experience, sat in a few uh, FGCs, family group conferences as a referrer or kind of stepped when I, I, yeah, you see how, how powerful they can be. You know, they kind of come up with very creative ideas of how to keep children safe. So yeah, sounds like, sounds like really, really interesting work. And this now part of your, your role, I guess, is now setting up the Christmas dinner initiative in, in Middlesbrough and Teesside, an area I actually know fairly well from my own work and life, which I'm kind of excited to talk to you about. Um, I don't think we've had anyone else from the Northeast on this podcast series so far, so happy happy that you're representing. Um, but tell us a little bit more about this initiative um, and how are you involved in launching launching it? Yeah, so the, the Christmas dinner for young care leavers was founded by a poet called Lem Sissé. Lem himself was care experienced. So the aim of the initiative was to provide an amazing Christmas dinner experience to young care leavers. Each dinner is organised by a local steering group. So they're completely separate individual ideas. It's not one big charity. First one was in Manchester and I think it was about 2013. And since then it's expanded to last year, there were 17 different Christmas dinners throughout the country. Um, last year, they actually delivered the meals out to young care leavers because of COVID, obviously, lockdown couldn't do it. This year, fingers crossed, we are able to have that Christmas dinner face-to-face, bring people together. So the event's community-led. It's not, you know, it's not a big charity. It's a completely individual project, each one. The one in Teesside came about as our steering group coordinator, Jill Ambrositis. She moved to the area and she'd previously been involved in Christmas dinners in Yorkshire. When she moved, she just looked for a way to bring that to Teesside. Um, mm. Jill's actually a family member of mine. And right. just, just in conversation, she was telling me about what they used to do and how she was involved in the project. Um, and I just thought, well, because I've worked with a couple of different local authorities in the Teesside area, I thought, you know what, I might be able to help. I can put you in touch with people in the local authorities just so we can start reaching out to young care leavers. But also, I know Teesside, I know this area, and I know that it's something that we can really, really benefit from. We, you know, we have large numbers of looked after children here, mm. which in turn leads to large numbers of young care leavers. And my involvement really just snowballed from there. Initially, I was just going to put Jill in touch with a few people. But the more you learn about what the project is and what it's trying to do, it's, it's hard to not be involved, really, especially when, you know, it's something that you've got personal interesting and yeah something you care about definitely definitely I, and I would recommend to anyone listening as well having a quick look on the website I mean I just googled the Christmas dinner initiative and having a look at that because it is it feels quite inspiring actually doesn't it and, and sort of a, a reminder to you to, to us all that actually we're in quite a privileged position if we can 
be with family and loved Absolutely. ones during Christmas. And actually, it's not an easy time for many, many people. And also would recommend looking into the sort of story about Lem Sisse and his life as well, because that's also, I think, features in a number of documentaries and stuff. So that that's also really informative. But it sounds, yeah, do, do you find it's something that you quite feel quite fulfilled about? You know, are you getting quite excited with the lead up to it? Yeah, yeah. I am. I mean, it's always good to give back. It's always good to feel like you, you are making a difference. And I think when you work in children's services, we know sometimes we're only just scratching the surface. But we've got to take that, you know, if you make a difference to one person one day, you've kind of got to take the positives mm. from that. So for me, obviously, this is a new, it's a new initiative in Teesside. We've not done it before. And whilst we're looking to cater for up to 50 young care leavers, if we get five there and we make a difference to that five, that's amazing to me. So, you know, we, we've got bigger numbers in than that, but that's quite exciting. And the more that I'm hearing, I was worried about volunteers just from my previous roles and having to do rotors at Christmas. Um, yeah. You know, it's a time when everybody wants to be with the families and quite rightly, I understand mm. that, but I didn't know how we would how we would get volunteers to come forward to help on the actual day. And it's absolutely blown my mind how how giving and caring some people are and how people you know even if they can take a few hours in the day to give something back it, it's amazing that people have come forward and they want to do that yeah it is always interesting isn't it think about Christmas because a lot of people will just want to donate to charity a lot of people will talk about wanting to do good over Christmas and but then there is that other side where people are desperate to be with their family and they've got their very set plans and yeah it can be quite nice can't it to have that it's a pleasant surprise when you get many many volunteers so think about your own experience you know working in residential children's homes in particular you know what why do you believe this initiative is is so necessary and so important what is it about this that that you see as as vital for for young people and care leavers yeah well in my previous role I was part of the management team in a local authority children's home Um, and when you work really intensively with looked after children it becomes really apparent that Christmas can be a really challenging time for young people, especially those who've experienced of are, are in the care system. Um, some young people have difficult memories with significant trauma attached to these memories or to this time of year. Others may feel mixed emotions at seeing their family members who they are not able to live with for whatever reason. And I think regardless of if Christmas is looked at, looked forward to or dreaded, it can still be a very complex process. You know, some young people do see their families and they're going to celebrate Christmas with them, but that's not always straightforward. You know, when you've got these feelings of whether they feel like let down, abandoned, or just longing to be with their family all year round, it's not always as, as straightforward as, as it may seem. And I think when you think about how excited everybody else gets this time of year is so family focused and anyone with a complex family dynamic it can prove really challenging the Teesside's got really high levels of looked after children which is you know something I mentioned before and I think that some of these young care leavers may not have someone to spend the holidays with some of that support that looked after children get whether it's from you know the children's home foster carers whoever some of that support goes when they reach 18 and Mm. and while there are still some amazing different areas of support in place I think we kind of forget that these young people may not want to spend the day with their family they may have really really mixed emotions about that yeah and and also 
the story that they've been on, their family may not be the most reliable people. They may invite them, may not. You know, we, we find that we get a, an influx of referrals coming through towards closer to Christmas. And I think that's maybe because some young people are holding out and waiting, you know, to see if they do get that yeah. offer. Yeah, yeah, so it was just something I really wanted to be a part of because I, I was thinking back to my time in residential childcare and, you know, the times when I've seen beautiful Christmas trees put up and it, a really nice time and then two days later the Christmas tree is being thrown and <laughs> that young person doesn't even know why themselves. You know, yeah. can't explain why to us. Mm. So it, it's not always something that you can understand or they can understand themselves. It, it just can be a really challenging time. Yeah, I had to catch myself there because I think I just I pictured some of the work I've done in, in young people in, in residential. I could picture that kind of thing, you know, that that frustration and that wave of emotion for, for yeah, for reasons that they don't understand. And I think it when you were saying about, you know, the dynamics of families and going back for Christmas, I think a lot of listeners might be sitting here thinking, well, I don't want to spend Christmas with my parents or my in-laws are this and that, you know. But I think it's important for, for people to reflect and think, actually, the story of care leavers and people who've been in care and removed from their parents is is different, isn't it? And it it brings with it a lot of different complex feelings and trauma and, yeah, and, and confusion, I guess. It's, it's more than yeah. just having a family dispute, isn't it? It's something else. Absolutely, Mark. And I think sometimes that's a choice. Sometimes we've got, you know, an auntie somewhere who we think, oh, God, I really can't be bothered visiting yeah. her this Christmas. And that's a choice. But sometimes, you know, we've got young carers who really wish they could be spending their day with their parent and their parent isn't able to do that because they've got whatever, you know, their own issues going on, whether it's substance misuse or, you know, whatever else it is that they've they've put first before this child or young person and that you know just because they're now care leavers doesn't mean that their parents are suddenly there for them yeah definitely it's a it's a unique it's a unique experience being in care and it's it's one that I you know it sounds like this the Christmas dinner initiative wants to to allow them a sense of of normality and recognize that uniqueness and and bring them in you know because I think sometimes you know special holidays like this with all the adverts and it's so like you said heavily family focused can can be can feel exclusionary can't it and you want to make them feeling included and we're sort of semi answering the next question I was going to ask is what you know the impact and intended outcome of this initiative what what are you hoping to achieve this year in in the first year that the launch what are you hoping to achieve so obviously it's the first time we brought this to Middlesbrough and Teesside so we didn't set ourselves any massive targets However, from the very beginning of our meetings, which were always on Microsoft Teams, obviously, because of mm. COVID, we were adamant that this dinner should look and feel different. We didn't want volunteers, you know, no disrespect to any of our volunteers. They are all amazing. But we didn't want them cooking the meal in a community centre that we just spruced up with a bit of tinsel. We wanted a really quality experience for our young people we wanted a professional chef and a beautiful venue and and gifts that any young person would be happy to receive you know young people who are at home with their families they're probably getting something they've mentioned to mum or dad or some of them not Mm. everyone but you know we didn't want them to just be getting something donated like you know here you are standard links gift set that's (laughs) you know everyone gets one but we didn't want them to just be getting that random you know gift we wanted something personal we wanted to be able to make this event look and feel different we want them to feel how we felt ourselves on Christmas day and we all had really positive memories and we were sharing that and saying how it made us feel and how we remember a certain taste and we associate that with Christmas we want them to have that happy memory and you know even if that 
is just for this one year. You know, we're being realistic here. We know we can't take away their trauma. We can't make any miracles happen. But we thought what we can do is we can put our heads together and work as hard as possible to give them a good memory from this Christmas. That gave me goosebumps when you started talking about the professional <laughs> chef and making it really special. And when you said not just a community centre sprints that were tinsel, because I think I'm even you know responsible for as a social worker, you just think we'll organise it with whatever resource that we've got that will get that local contact centre, children's centre, you know, the local volunteers, the people who do that, you know, and, and we kind of just leave it. Whereas Christmas for people who've not been in care yeah we have yeah you're absolutely right I'm, I'm thinking about my own Christmases where you have the particular food or your mum or your dad or whoever might cook certain something with a secret recipe or something yeah, you know something, something that excites you and yeah and something we, that you... even down to the fact that we talked about how a lot of like the young women that we know will get their eyebrows and the nails done for Christmas and the lads will go out and get a fresh trim and yeah we, you know, we've we've actually got a hairstylist who's coming to the venue on the 23rd who's offering the, the young guys to come and get a free haircut so they're spruced up for Christmas Day. And we've got a beautician who's available to do, like, the, the young women or men's if they want their eyebrows or some gel nails or something. And we've, we've been able to offer that to our young hair leavers this year because that was something I was like, well, I would book in, you know, around work yeah. for the kids to get my nails done for Christmas and... Or you go get like a nice a new like a new shirt or a new dress or something away on Christmas Day kind of thing. You know, you might have that time where you go out. Yeah, something those little added yeah. things that Yeah, well, we want them to feel special when they walk into our fabulous venue and mm. not feel like it's somewhere that they don't belong. Yeah, or somewhere that's just been kind of tokenistically done for them, you know. Oh yeah. the local authority need to be seen to be making exactly. sure you have a nice Christmas. This is something something more than that, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes you think of how pr I'm sitting here reflecting on on how privileged I am to be able to say, you know, to be talking with friends about, oh, well, every Christmas we have this with our Christmas dinner or we have this. Oh, you have what with your Christmas dinner? No, we do this. And oh, it's tradition that we drink that at this time or we all watch the Queen's speech or whatever. Whereas lots of young people in care going between foster placements, residential homes will might never have had that sort of certainty no. or those, those things to hang on to. It's not the experience for all. And some, you know, mm. some young care leavers have been very lucky and had some amazing foster placements. But the type of the type of young people and looked after children that I've worked with who are in residential children's homes have often had multiple placements and they don't know where they're going to be one Christmas to the next. And, you know, they're not somewhere long enough for, for a tradition to have even been created. So their memories of Christmas are literally here, there and everywhere. And if even for the next couple of years, they could come to us and have something that, you know, we find out what they like and they can tell us from last year. Mm. That's what we're hoping to achieve. That sounds really wonderful. And, and on that idea of speaking to the care leavers, this kind of brings me on to my, my next question is, you know, it is a complex time for, for care leavers, or it can, be a comp it can be a complex time, you know, like we talked about earlier. What kind of key messages do you think it's important to share with with them about the Christmas period and any complex feelings they might be feeling towards it is there anything you think's really important to talk to them about yeah um, I think the main point for me is that it's okay to feel how you're feeling and it's okay if you don't understand how you're feeling or why you're feeling that way like it can be a confusing time and especially when you are seeing everybody else seemingly so positive and you're thinking why am I not like that it's, it's fine. And, you know, 
if you are struggling, please reach out for help. There's so many different people who are there, whether it's your social worker or your personal assistant, you know, your GP, friends, family, you know, even if it's the Samaritans, if you are really struggling with how you're feeling Mm. and it is getting to you, please do reach out. I think for young care leavers in the Teesside area, if you spend facing the day alone, don't worry about it being too late. Please get in touch with us. Like the, the we've got our TCD Facebook page or through your key worker, whether that's a PA or social worker, you know, if, if somebody's thinking, oh God, nobody invited me this year. It doesn't matter that it's a few days away. We are here until the day waiting for referrals. We've got spaces left. You know, we just want to provide a safe space and a positive experience. So that's the sort of message that I would like to get across to anybody who is struggling at this time of year. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, we should all be sharing with all all young people, whether they've been experienced in care or not. I'm just wondering, you know, you might not, but if you do, do you have any sort of particular stories of young people or anything that, you you know, is coming to mind for you of ahead of this Christmas time where you think could be an example to some listeners about why it's difficult or what might have gone on for a young person have you got any examples yeah um, well I, I, this it's not just one specific example because this sort of pattern is repeated many times with and it's also like with children I've worked with in residential care now doing family group conferencing but where children have walked have, have grown up with any kind of domestic violence in the house we know that alcohol can be a massive trigger and Christmas is a massive trigger for alcohol. And, you know, I've supported a young person whose memories of Christmas are mum and dad fighting and mum getting hurt and dad being drunk. And that young person didn't want to talk about Christmas and people couldn't seem to get their heads around why. And everyone's, everyone's sort of way to try and combat that was to be as jolly as you possibly can be, you know, <laughs> That doesn't always work and it doesn't work when someone's dealing with trauma. And that's why I think, you know, it's just so important that we get to know individuals, individuals' experiences. And I think that that's something that's come up time and time again throughout my career, wherever I've been. And even now doing family group conferencing, we've we've had to sort of had plans in place, family plans in place for Christmas because this has been such a trigger with with alcohol and domestic violence where other family members have, have put themselves forward as sort of a protective factor. And actually, if mum and dad choose to drink, the children aren't going to be in the house. Um, mm. And they're forward thinking, preempting that because it has happened and it is so common. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about alcohol at Christmas. It, it's sort of, it's almost synonymous, isn't it? You know, that's that's what people do. It's part of, I guess, the culture. But you you also made me think when you said people being as jolly as possible, it, it's almost like Christmas people do forget, you know, we, we deal with trauma and difficult moments in different ways, don't we, all the way through the year. And suddenly for Christmas, it's all about yeah, happiness. Push that and to one side. Push that and to one side. Jolly. Yeah, exactly. And we, we've got to remind ourselves it, it might be Christmas, but these traumas and issues are, are all year round. I mean, that sounds almost cliche, doesn't it? But you, we've got to maybe st- try and approach it in the same way that we would always approach it. And, and the Christmas cheer isn't this sort of magical cure, is it? You, you know, people, it's not like in those Christmas films where suddenly all people's problems are, have gone away because it's Christmas. Actually, it can really exacerbate and we need to still be attentive to people's traumas, don't we? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, if anything, it, it can be worse at Christmas because that's the time when you feel like you should be happy and it's hard to put that pressure on yourself. Yeah, of course, of course. Really making me think of all the different 
you know, difficulties and issues that we, we faced as, as social workers or working in children's services, domestic violence, mental health, you know, can often be exacerbated by alcohol, as we said, or it can be exacerbated by those, those past traumas, those feelings of loneliness, isolation, no doubt COVID probably this year uh, for, for many people outside of the care system, but even in the care systems probably had a huge impact um, in terms of being away from families and, um, and probably a lot of people probably have been very traumatic Christmases last year because of COVID as well. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, young people in care, a lot of their family time and their contact was via FaceTime or mm. telephone and that you know those especially if they had to have supervised family time that was you know contact centers were closed that wasn't mm. on offer so even even young people who were able to see their families they couldn't for a long period of time yeah yeah it, and and that separation is is more difficult when they've already been separated before and you know I think I think many social workers including myself have spent the last few weeks arranging family time arranging contact between children and care and their parents over this time and trying to navigate the importance of Christmas but also try and manage the risks and actually can they be unsupervised back at home waking up on Christmas morning well sometimes they can't because of of the risks that we see and that's that's really tough to navigate, isn't it, as well? And and how we communicate that to the young people that we're working with, that they can't spend Christmas there or, you know, it's, yeah, really, really tough. But this is where the Christmas dinner initiative for me really feels like it, it kind of helps ensure that they still have those those moments that they can hold on to, those memories of, of a really special Christmas time. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it's, it's, it'll be really, really good work. And I'm sure Middlesbrough and Teesside, knowing the area myself, I'm sure it'll be most welcome and it'll be really popular but coming on to the the last question Alexa because I think we might be coming towards the end I think this will be a really interesting question for our our listeners um, a lot of whom are social workers but what would be your advice to social workers and, and any other professionals listening who support families and children at this time of year how best can can social workers support those experiencing Christmas in a in a different way I think it's it's the same for anybody supporting anyone at any time of year, really my absolute top tip for anybody in any role that's working with families and children is not to underestimate the importance of relational practice. Uh, Get to know the people you support, try and understand their trauma, learn their own unique communication styles. If you build a relationship and work from a restorative approach, it's, it's key, in my opinion, to effective positive support. Because once you get to know that individual, you're in a much better place to help them work through it or hopefully to help them find the tools to work their own way through it. Yeah, I think relational practice, you know, I think when I first heard about relational practice, there was something in me and many of my peers was like, well, what what other practice is there? Of course, you've got to know people. But just for people's benefit, you know, the other ways is sometimes in social work, you end up just having to try and tell people what to do. You know, this high tasks focused way of saying here's a list of things that we expect but that often most of the time vast majority of the time doesn't work and I think relational practice is is fundamental at these times of year that building that relationship getting to know their their triggers their traumas their their strengths their difficulties absolutely and I think it's you know it it's really difficult especially for social workers with caseloads so high because it takes a long time to get to know someone that's why you know the the snippets that you do have it's really important to be, you know, transparent and honest and someone that they see that they can trust because, you know, you're not going to get someone opening up to you and telling you what their issues are if they don't feel like they know you. They're not going to do that. And once they do start to, to 
come out and tell you how they're feeling and what they're thinking, you just you're in such a better position because you know what what's going on, really. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that sounds like really, really sound advice for for many of us in the profession and in other professions supporting supporting people at this time of year. You know, when you talk about the relational model, I'm just thinking about Christmas for myself or families where there's no one's experienced care or it is all about relationships, isn't it? It's about knowing what to get someone you know, for Christmas, yeah. it's about knowing what they like. And, you know, if, if we're not doing that for young people in care, then it's not, it's not a real Christmas experience, is it? It's just no. sort of, you're another child in care, here's your Christmas, that very inhumane, you know, lacking that personable approach. And I think it, it just, it makes complete sense that it should be a, a relational practice that, that fits, you know, the Christmas dinner initiative and just supporting young people during Christmas in general. Fantastic. I'll definitely be sending this recording to many of my old colleagues up in Teesside and, and see, you know, make sure that they can get the, the word spread there about, you know, the good work and, and hopefully for years to come kind of continue. And that's our it. aim. Yeah, yeah. This is just this is just the start and we're hoping to continue this because young care leaders aren't going anywhere and, mm. and there's always going to be some of them who are isolated and alone and we just want to make sure they've got an option absolutely that sounds like amazing work and the whole christmas dinner initiative started by lemc say is, is is a fantastic initiative so like i said i would really encourage people to take a look and i guess encourage people to to you know think a little bit more than just being sort of charitable tokenistically charitable this time of year and really thinking about you know what what more can people do to to help others in in a in a difficult period and also just social workers and other professionals how best we can support young people so thank you alexa um for your time it's been a a lovely chat i've really enjoyed looking at the flashing christmas tree behind you it looks very (laughs) festive it's wonderful so yeah thanks for chatting well thank you for having me on it's great to just sort of explain what we're doing yeah brilliant and merry christmas as well of course thank you merry christmas